The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. So if you have your Bibles, please open them to Psalm 1. This will be our reading for today. Psalm 1 and 2 will be our reading for today. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's okay. We'll let it be on the screen. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so. They are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king. On Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge. Psalms come in different forms and they have a particular purpose. They help us to express our emotions to God. They also instruct us and they encourage us towards 
faithfulness. There's different types of psalms, and we can sort of reduce that, like we might do something on the stove. We might reduce that down to three basic types. The psalm of praise, the psalm of lament, the psalm of thanksgiving. That is what is in the Psalter, the Psalms, the book of Psalms in our Bible. While Psalms are something we can just sort of enter into and, and find a psalm that we particularly click and connect with. The Psalms actually have a gateway. It's like a drawbridge to a castle. And the gateway to the Psalms as a whole are Psalms 1 and 2. Psalms 1 and 2 appears in our Bibles as two separate Psalms. In fact, evidence seems to show that they were one Psalm originally. We see this through some of the, the key words in there. You notice the word meditate or to murmur. It appears in Psalm 1 verse 2 as well as Psalm 2 verse 1. The word wave appears in Psalm 1 verse 1 verse 6, but also in Psalm 2 verse 12. And then also the, the word bless, or happier. You'll notice that appears right at the start of Psalm 1. But it also appears again at the end of Psalm 2, showing us that there's sort of the bookends of what would be one psalm. Psalms 1 and 2 have four basic characters. They're the same four basic characters found throughout the Psalter. And those characters are the Lord, Yahweh, the Lord's anointed, the Son, His King, the righteous, those who are in allegiance to God, and the wicked, those who reject God. These characters will come up at different times through the Psalter. Some Psalms will be the righteous singing to the Lord about the wicked, what is sung, sung by the Lord's anointed to the Lord? These different characters will appear through the Psalter. Psalm 1 calls God's people to faithfulness to Torah. Calls them to be thinking about and allowing God's instruction to shape them as they go through their their daily lives. If they are faithful to God's instruction, if they allow it to shape them, their life will be one of blessing. Verse 1 of Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. It's a well-being word. Also, you'll notice the words, the man, or some translations have the one. Now, why that is important is that is in the singular form. Whereas you'll notice the wicked, sinners, and scoffers are all in plural forms. And that's important for about for at least two reasons. Firstly, it speaks to the individual and of how each person will be held accountable.
accountable for their allegiance to or rejection of God. A second reason as to why this is important will come later, so you'll have to stay awake for that. Out of these three statements, the, the counsel of the wicked, the way of the sinners, seated scoffers, how do they relate to allegiance to or rejection of God? This combination of phrases represent a decline or a departure from God's moral standard. And that begins with taking the wrong advice, walking in the counsel of the wicked. This is then following, followed by acting the wrong way, standing in the way of sinners, which then leads to becoming the wrong kind of person, sitting in the seat of scoffers. If you want to see a great example of this from the Bible, you could look up and read about Solomon's son, Rehoboam. You find it in 1 Kings 12, verses 1 to 15. He, we could say, is a man, a king of Israel, who walked in the counsel of the wicked. He then stood in the way of sinners and finally sat in the seat of scoffers. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we call this decline conforming to the pattern of this world. Which basically means living as those who reject God. Because have you ever wondered why your parents might be so interested in who your friends are? Have you ever wondered why they care so much of who you're hanging around with at school? See, the more we're influenced by a world that has rejected God, the more we conform to its pattern. The more we listen to or allow ourselves to take counsel from a world that has rejected God, the more we start thinking like it. The more we think like a world that has rejected God, the more we will start behaving like it. The more we behave like a world that has rejected God, the more we will start becoming As Proverbs advises, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself destroyed. Or a, a better, easier way to remember that, good company corrupts. Bad company corrupts good character. Good company encourages good character. The says, right? Bad company corrupts good character. If someone doesn't just speak about those who have rejected God, those who are in opposition to God, in contrast, there are those whose allegiance is to God. They delight in God's instruction. And they are shaped by God's instruction. Look at verse 2. 
word delight there. It's like they take joy in God's instruction. They get instruction from the word law, which is the word word Torah, which is referred to as the instruction of God. They meditate on the law day and night. They have it on their lips. They have it in their minds continually. Like a, a potter with clay that is pliable. You know how a potter might put clay on the wheel and then shape it, construct it. The clay actually delights to allow itself to be shaped by the potter because it will be turned into something beautiful. Or as Psalm chapter 1 would put it, they like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. Picture of something beautiful, something healthy, something flourishing, something enduring, despite what is going on around it. These words of verse 3 are a modification of the words of God's of God through his prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 17. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought. It does not cease to bear fruit. Notice the word planted in Psalm 1, verse 3. No tree or bush in my garden at home planted itself. Like the tree in the psalm, the gardener selected the best spot for it to go. Without the say so of the tree, it had no input and where would be best to put it. The gardener did the planting, but she did nothing to help her. The tree just delighted in being planted by the stream in the sun. And as a result, it flourished with green leaves and fullness of fruit. The wicked, however, are far from flourishing. They perish like chaff blown away by the wind. Verses 4 to 6 make that clear. See, it's a slippery journey down the slope of moral decline. A path that rejects God's way. It's a path that leads to destruction. As Psalm 1 now comes to a close, we're invited to consider the contrast the psalmist has been making between the ways of the wicked and the righteous, which the psalm has been building. These are seen in a contrast between the counsel of sinners and the instruction of the Lord. Contrast between a luscious tree that is firm and flourishing and dried chaff that is pitiful 
comparison. Contrast between the solitary righteous one and the many wicked. We're honest, I'm not sure that any of us would be bold enough to claim to be the man, the righteous one spoken about in Psalm 3. If we're honest with ourselves, it's not that we claim that we are the one who delights in the instruction of the Lord, who meditate on his instruction day and night. Friends, let me be clear, we are not the one that Psalm 1 is talking about. And to explain what I mean by that, we need to look at Psalm 2. As we look at Psalm 2, we will notice some familiar words and phrases that relate to what we've already talked about in Psalm 2. You'll see this in verse 1 of Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and people's plot? In vain. Where the tree was firm and planted, the nations are restless. They rage. The word plot there is the same word that is translated as meditate in Psalm 1. But here it's in its negative sense. They conspire against the Lord and against his anointed one. Their plotting is in vain. And why is that? Look at Psalm 2, verses 2 through to 6. Notice the disparity between these verses. The kings of the earth are paired against he who sits in the heavens. Notice the disparity there. What is someone on the earth compared to he who is enthroned in the heavens? These kings, these rulers of the earth, set themselves or they take their stand against the Lord and his anointed, against the one who is above all, enthroned in the heavens. They can plot all they want, but the reality is they have no power to overthrow the heavenly king's rule. What he says goes. It would be like if I got out a box of Lego. Maybe I, I made some, a starship or something like that, a spaceship with figurines on them. Now imagine that the Lego figurines choose to rise up against me and defy me. I know, right? The one enthroned in the heavens laughs. It's ridiculous. And it doesn't even matter if I, if I take that Lego and give it to my son. I can do nothing to overthrow his power. His will will be achieved. 
setting themselves or they're rebelling against the Lord and His anointed. It's useless. Just like conspiring, Lego figurines conspiring against me would be useless. Verses 7 to 9 are the words of the Lord's Son, His anointed King. He says, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall speak, you shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. 2 Samuel chapters 5 and 7 show that this sonship language relates to David and the line of Israel's kings that came through him. But the full significance of this statement won't be made clear until the New Testament writers make it clear for us. Matthew 3, verses 16 to 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And the voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. In Acts 13, verse 32 to 33. And we bring you the good news that God promised to the fathers. This he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you. From this decree of the son, the king, we now move to a gracious warning in verses 10 to 12 of Psalm 2. The phrase that sticks out for me in these verses, I don't know if it sticks out for you, the phrase, kiss the sun. What is that all Well, I found a Netflix show that actually helps me make sense of this phrase. My wife is into this Netflix series, The Crown. And something I noticed that Winston Churchill always did when he came to meet the Queen Elizabeth II, he would offer his hand and he would kiss her. It's a sign of allegiance. It's a display of submission to kiss the king. You might remember in the New Testament, after having his feet washed and dried by the lady's feet, he kisses his feet. The warning of verses 10 to 12 of Psalm 2 are to those who are opposing the Lord and his king. The warning is to change your allegiance and submit to the Son, God's anointed King. 
be aligned with the Son, the one whom the Lord Most High has established as His King and who will inherit the world. urges them, rather than using their mouths for murmuring against the Lord and murmuring against the Son, they're better off using their mouths in an, a silent act of submission to Him. With an honest assessment of ourselves at the end of Psalm 1, would not see us willing to claim to be the righteous one deserving of the blessed life that speaks of it. Then Psalm 2 would surely not have us claiming to be saved. What Psalm 2 does do is it shows us that although we are naturally the wicked, those who have rejected God, we still have a path, we still have a way to the blessed life. Here's the second reason for using the singular form in Psalm 1. The Son, the Lord's anointed King, He alone is the man, the righteous one in Psalm 1. He is the one who truly delights in and meditates on the law of the Lord. On whose mind and on his lips, day and night, continually have the instruction of the Lord. Who is this man? His name is Jesus. God established Jesus in Zion as King. He's King. Not only that, Jesus is also an atoning sacrifice. And he is the Lord's King. He is the atoning sacrifice. So that everyone who heeds God's warning and trusts in Jesus as Lord no longer follow the way of the wicked. They now live the way of the righteous. As John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Those known as the righteous and the salter can only be called this on the basis of their taking refuge in the righteous they show their allegiance to him by submitting to him and allowing Jesus to be king of their life. In 
Now Safra then invited to use the Psalter as their own prayer songs to God. Whether that be to express their praise to Him, their lament, or their thanks to Him. Is that you? Can you call yourself righteous based solely on the righteousness of Jesus? If so, you are invited to use the Psalter as your prayer song to God. This is your way in. This is the only way in. Be encouraged, friends, as Psalm 2 finishes with the words, Bless are all who have breath. read Psalm 1 and see what's required of us to experience the blessed life. We might read Psalm 1 heed its advice. Lord, we know that we fall short. If we're honest, we know that we cannot achieve what is required in someone to be known as the righteous. But Father, how good it is. How good are you? That you have sent your Son, who is the righteous one. And you have invited us, you have made a way for us not to follow the path to destruction, to take refuge in your Son. As the one who has achieved righteousness on our behalf, Thank you for making a way. We thank you for then inviting us to use the Psalter as a way of expressing our feelings to you. We thank you for giving us the Psalter as a means of instructing and shaping us, of encouraging us towards faithfulness to you. But Lord, we thank you that in your Psalter, you show us who you truly are. You point us to Jesus and you offer us refuge in him. We thank you for his sake. 
Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.